Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. And I'm Brandon Kylie. We are always happy to go out to the Brown and Crippen celebrity line to be joined by our friend. I think we can call her friend of the show and Cardinals insider for the athletics. She's Katie Wu joining us here on BK and Ferrario. Katie, we appreciate the time as always. I hope the official start to the offseason is treating you well. How are you doing this afternoon? I am well, and of course I'm a friend of the show. Come on, it's been about, what, almost two years now? I'm insulted that you even had to think that I wasn't a friend. Well, I- Katie, I knew you and I were friends. I don't know what he's thinking. Come on. It's on me. I apologize. Poor, poor phrasing by my part. Definitely else friend is new. of the show uh, is joining us here on BK and Ferrario. Katie, let's start with kind of an overall theme of what you are anticipating now that the World Series is over and we can kind of hone in on what the Cardinals are going to do in free agency. You did a very nice questions and answers style um, piece earlier today over on The Athletic. What are your kind of top line expectations for what the Cardinals will try to accomplish with their offseason? So this is a good question, and it's going to I'm going to give vague answers, not on purpose, but because I think there is still so much unknown about not just how the Cardinals are going to approach the free agency market and the offseason in general, but how baseball is going to approach both markets. So this is why the general manager meetings, which are scheduled to start tomorrow officially in Las Vegas. I have a 6 a.m. flight that I'm not looking forward to tomorrow to get there. Oh, okay, um, you're going to Vegas. It's so important. Yeah, but it's like work Vegas. It's not fun Vegas. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Touche. Touche. <laughs> Big difference. Um, so those meetings kind of signal the beginning of the offseason. All the, all the execs from all 30 teams are there. Most agents, big-time agents will come. Scott Boris will do his you know, annual State of the Union address. And while there's a lot of things going on, there might not be a lot of news at those GM meetings, a lot of the initial underlying conversations will start. So for the Cardinals, we know a couple of things. We know they need a catcher. John Mozeliak made that as as obvious as as, as possible, really, in his end-of-year press conference. They know they could look to add additional starting pitching, and they know that they're looking to have an increased payroll, an exponentially increased payroll, I should say, which should theoretically make them bigger spenders. So that's kind of the early off-season projections of what the Cardinals will do. So with that being said, Katie, uh, we we had this discussion earlier. Uh, Help me understand why people are still connecting the Cardinals to a starting pitcher. I think because when you look at the Cardinals rotation, if the season started today, you'd have a formidable five-man rotation, right? You have Adam Wainwright, Jack Flaherty, Miles Michaelis, Jordan Montgomery, and Stephen Matt. 
And those are all good, solid names. You certainly hope that Jack Flaherty can resemble the higher ace of the form or the higher ace form that they, they expect him to in 2023. And then you maybe have a stronger rotation than you would have thought. So as we know with this Cardinals team and in baseball in general, but really with Saints, is that you cannot have enough starting pitching. Now, those five names probably aren't tradable, but there are a lot of starting pitching options that the Cardinals have that aren't projected in that five-man rotation, like Dakota Hudson, Matthew Libertor, and to some extent, even though it would be, I think, a crushing loss, Zach Thompson, that could net them more starting pitching options if they decided to trade away. Cardinals need, I think, a bona fide ace starter. We look at the playoffs and we look at the trends of the teams that are successful in the postseason, and they have a dominant starter. Now, you certainly hope that Jack Flaherty can be that guy. That's what the Cardinals have always hoped. But at this point, if you have the money to do so, no one's going to really complain if you go and you get another starting pitcher because you can never have too much starting pitching. The guy that you're talking about, Katie, sounds like if you're going to the free agent market, I think there's only three of them. It's DeGrom, Rodon, and Verlander. Do you think it is more likely, if the Cardinals end up exploring the starting market, that they end up going with one of those three or that they trade for the player that you're referencing? I think maybe a trade just because the starting pitching market is relatively thin in terms of the established aces, that those guys are going to cost a significant amount of money, and rightfully so when you look at those three names and what they've accomplished over their careers, and especially the 2022 season. So the Cardinals, while they do have an increased payroll, if they spend all of their money in one place, that kind of eliminates the need to upgrade other elements of the roster, and the Cardinals do have plenty of of different avenues that they could use that increased payroll for. So I don't see the Cardinals, well, yes, they are going to be bigger spenders than what we've seen in years prior. I don't see them necessarily putting all their money together into one avenue of the club, especially when, like I mentioned before, you guys, they need a catcher. There's questions about the outfield. Could they pursue the shortstop market? I do think the Cardinals would benefit from adding a starting pitcher, but if they do, I think it would come in forms of a trade. Can this team afford, Katie, to to not find that big bat in the offseason if it's not via trade and if they don't sign one of those big-name shortstops, can they afford to go into the off or go into next season without adding that incremental difference in terms of your offense? It's a good question, and I would, right now, if you're looking at the roster and how it's projected to start in 2023, there are a lot of question marks. I mean, if you take out Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado, there is not really a dependable power source. We've seen flashes of it from Tyler O'Neill. I think Jordan Walker is an exceptional talent, but I don't necessarily think it's fair to put all the expectations on this young 20-year-old guy. That, of course, very exceptional talent, but he isn't going to show up and become you know, the next Albert Pujols, right? I think that's an unfair expectation. So, yeah, I think the Cardinals could really benefit from more power. I thought the Cardinals offense in general was, was much more improved over the 2022 season. I thought they got on base more. They struck out significantly less, but like, again, going back to what we mentioned about pitching in, in the postseason, postseason teams that are successful in the playoffs also have a significant amount of power. And I think if you're looking just from a, an offense perspective, not really looking at a relative to position, the Cardinals would really benefit from one more significant bat where that's going to come from. I think that question is, is too it's too early to really find a definitive answer because there are still so many fluid parts. We've only been in the offseason for, what, 36 hours? So I think the Cardinals are going to take this time at the jam meetings to kind of figure out and restructure how can they best improve the roster and where can that power back come in in which place? Katie, BK's been in offseason mode for like 
two months. Oh yeah, I mean, what, what day did the the Cardinal season officially come to an end? Uh, that that Saturday what was that the twenty first or something like that? Fourteenth? I don't know. Whenever it, it was, was definitely I've, like the eighth. It's been a long time. Okay, yeah, I've, I've for the last month been in off season mode. You, you know how this works, Katie. Um, I do, I do, I do. You've mentioned catcher a number of times, and it makes sense because that is like. If you're looking at where can the Cardinals not go into the season right now, like as currently constructed, they they could not get through the season with their current options at catcher. So they've got to add one going into the offseason. It's a clear and obvious need for this team. I think the question is, how do they address it? Do you go through a trade? You got guys like uh, Murphy, who we've talked a lot about Kirk Jansen from Toronto. We mentioned them on Friday. You also have a big time bat in the free agent market and Contreras that's available for you. You could also go down a couple of tiers and there's Christian Vasquez, who's a solid catcher older a little bit and is a fine offensive player, but more defensive. Or there's like pure glove guys like Maldonado, Barnhart, Narvaez. All of those guys are available this offseason as well. Katie, I know that this could change by tomorrow, much less by the end of the offseason. But do you have a lean on which direction you think that the Cardinals will go, whether it be via trade, getting a top guy in the free agent market, getting one of those lower tier guys in the free agent market? Where do you land right now? I am pretty all over the place, and I think that's kind of where the front office is as well, and just kind of figuring out, again, it's so early, figuring out the best avenue to net these approaches. Because, yes, it's very clear, if you had to pick one thing that the Cardinals need to do in the offseason, it's find a starting catcher. There's no arguing that. That doesn't mean, though, that that's all they're thinking about. So right now, Mabelak has to kind of think, okay, we need a catcher. What is the best place to go to get that to ensure our number one need, but also ensure that we are still in a position to add to the club and not overspend? Wilson Contreras is the best offensive catcher in the market based on terms of free agency. I don't necessarily think we'll see the Cardinals go after him unless they decide to make a major organizational shift away from valuing defense. I mean, We've seen this a little bit. We've seen Ollie Marmol kind of embrace a little bit of, of offensive power over defensive ability. We saw this with Nolan Gorman at second. We saw this with Juan Yepes in the outfield. But doing that at catcher, I think, would be a total uh, change in the tide for the Cardinals. I'm not quite sure they're convinced that's the right answer. But they do know that they need a more quality, dependable guy behind the plate. So I think that's why they're exploring all possible avenues, whether that is traits, whether that is making it their big splash. Or maybe they pursue a defensive option and go and get that bat we talked about. It's so, so fluid, and these parts are so changing. I'm certainly not envious of the front office at this time because it is a lot to process. But I think over the next couple of weeks, as we transition after the GM meetings to the winter meetings, we'll have a better idea because all the other teams in the industry will have a better understanding of how this offseason is going to look. Katie, are there outfielders that intrigue you for this team? Because that's the other area that everyone talks about is, you know, what are they going to do with the outfield? Do they run it back with Tyler O'Neill? Is Lars Newtbar an everyday guy? You know, does Jordan Walker make the team out of spring training? But if you look at the free agent op- options minus Aaron Judge, and I know BK and Tanner love Brandon Nimmo, are there names that intrigue you, whether it's free agency or a trade that the Cardinals could pull off? No, really not. And this is interesting. I had just taken a break from writing about the outfield for this call. So this is all fresh in my mind. Um, the free agency market, again, I feel like no matter what position uh, other than shortstop, whenever we refer to it, it's relatively thin. So look, the Cardinals are not going to find Aaron Judge, right? Brandon Nimmo, does that really move the market in terms of offensive production? If you started the season today, you have Tyler O'Neill, which, yes, I know there is a rightful concern about the injury history, regardless of his power potential. There's Dylan Carlson, who had a rather disappointing season, but I don't think we can just rule him out and act like he's not an impact player. 
and Lars Newbar, who had a really considerable second half and proved that he could handle the role of being an everyday guy. I'm not sure the Cardinals go and pursue an outfielder because they have Jordan Walker, who looks to be ready at some point in 2023. And if you can restructure how Tyler O'Neill trains, which the Cardinals are doing, Tyler O'Neill is spending the majority of his offices in St. Louis working with the training staff. If you have Dylan Carlson focus a little bit more, I know he was playing hurt a significant part of the second half, and you have Lars Newbar as an option, and then you have Brendan Donovan as a reserve, possibly Juan Yepes, that would work as long as there's a different bat brought in elsewhere. See how this is all connected and how it's fluid and how it's almost mind-numbing to keep track of all these moves because everything is so reliant on what happens on the other avenues of the club. So I'm looking at the outfield free agent market. Not a lot of names jump out to me. I don't think Brandon Nimmo really moves the needle that much in terms of roster construction, especially if you have Jordan Walker waiting in the wings. But like I said, it's no secret that after a catcher, the Cardinals need an impact bat. So we'll have to see what avenue they use to pursue that. Katie, all of this comes back to the shortstop market to me because I'm with you. Like everything you've said, it's pretty much where we've been as a show that like that. That's kind of how we see this offseason. I'm not sure that they go all in on Contreras, but I, he makes sense. He's a really good player. I would probably rather trade for Kirk or uh, Murphy, though, than, than add him on that kind of a contract that he's going to command. And those guys are going to be relatively cheap and cost controlled for years to come. If you're not going to go out there and sign one of those free agent pitchers, and I, I don't think they will because they're going to cost $30-plus plus million per year on a multi-year deal, and maybe you end up trading for one of those guys or you just run it back with the rotation, well, you mentioned at the beginning of this conversation they're anticipating a significant increase in payroll. Well, by virtue of potentially trading for the catcher, maybe not adding to the starting rotation or trading for a guy that's probably cost-controlled, you haven't added any payroll. And we just talked about the outfield where it doesn't really make a ton of sense. Doesn't this just always get back to those top three or four shortstops on the market that continue making sense for this team? Yes, time is quite honestly a flat circle with this organization when it comes to the shortstop market because it seems like we're having the exact same conversations as we did last year at this time about the exact same people internally. The only thing that has changed are the names externally with the exception of Carlos Correa. And I think that's one of the biggest questions the Cardinals have to decide is, is this the year that they pursue the shortstop market? And I think that there's a lot of factors that indicate that they might possibly do so. One, with the rule changes banning the shift next year, there's all of a sudden a huge increase in value on having a second baseman with significant range. That's Tommy Edmond. I mean, you can put Tommy Edmond anywhere and he's going to be successful, but if you need a second baseman that's going to cover a lot of ground and make those plays consistently, Tommy Edmond is your best bet at second base. Now, I'm not quite sure what the Cardinals do with Nolan Gorman at this point because I don't think you can just necessarily toss aside a guy who is so young still and is still projecting to hit 30 to 35 homers from the left side of the plate a season. That has tremendous value. You can't just wash that away because you don't think that he is necessarily primed for second base with the restriction of the shift. They also have Paul DeYoung under contract for 2023, hmm. not, not including his club options for 2024 and 2025. Paul DeYoung will make a base salary of $9 million this year. That's an ownership question in terms of what they term, what they decide to do with it. I just don't necessarily see the Cardinals just saying, hey, we'll eat the money. Um, they could try to package him for a trade, but that's going to, you know, he won't be the, the big name in that deal. So there's still a lot of questions. And then, of course, you have Brendan Donovan, who can play really anywhere. I think the Cardinals are confident in the flexibility he has where he doesn't need to stay in the middle infield. But to me, you still have plenty of reason to consider adding a shortstop even though it's going to cost a lot of money, even though these guys are going to potentially command six to eight years, I don't see the Cardinals doing that. 
that's what makes me kind of a little bit shy away from that possibility because a guys like Carlos Correa, Cardinals are not going to shell out a 10, a 10-year, you know, $300 million deal sure. for him, right? <laughs> but they're not, even with their increased payroll. So that's kind of where I think the Cardinals are, are balancing, you know, is there a way to get one of these premier shortstops without the huge, you know, uh, 10-year deal, 8-year deal? Is there a way to maybe do a four-year, four- to six-year deal with less money and see what we can go from there? Katie, they're going to sign Dansby Sounds Swanson, like Dansby Christian Swanson. Vasquez, and Andrew Benintendi, aren't they? Um, I'll buy you a hot dog if that happens. Ooh. I'm in. Is Swanson the most likely of the shortstops? I would think so, because I don't think he's going to cost or command as much as Correa or Trey Turner. I do think the Cardinals like Trey Turner, though. I think he profiles for the team well. Again, it's just going to come down to cost. And they're still so fluid. In this, I mean, the offseason is just now starting, and a lot of these organizations are still trying to figure out what exactly the market is for each position. So a lot can change between now and uh, whenever pitchers and catchers report. And I expect, I expect to be completely wrong. Come our first conversation in February about everything they did, because that's just what baseball is, right? Well, Katie, everyone's reporting that Trey Turner wants to play in the East, but what I say is he's coming from the West, and we all know that St. Louis is the gateway to the East if you're coming from the West. That is, that is like, geographically correct. <laughs> yes. So I can't argue that. <laughs> so thank you for that. Katie, we appreciate the time, as always. Enjoy yourself as much as you can out in Las Vegas. I'm Woo! sure you'll be able to find a way to make that a fun trip. Uh, we'll talk with you after you get back. Awesome, guys. Enjoy the week. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.